Welcome back to episode nine of Half Measures with my my friend and co-host Paul Kanawa. I can't believe episode nine, Paul. Like we're one away from ten. Incredible. I, I have a feeling now that you, you say I can't believe we've made it to seven. I can't believe we've made it to eight. So it's like I, I can't believe either. We're going to be in double figures soon, which is basically oh, you've made it. Right? So I, I just said we've made it. We're at we're at nine. And did you just say seven and eight, or are you referring to the old episodes? Yeah, the old episodes. Like I'm just oh, thinking right. Because I say it every time. Well, I've, maybe you don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm just in genuine shock. I, I have no idea what's going on. I'm always like, here we are again. Look, in the world that we live in, Paul, you can't be too um, you can't be too cautious. That's right. What is the new normal? You know, a 10-episode like, podcast. Like you like it. I like parts of the new normal. Uh, parts of it I don't like. This uh, working from home is good. This amount, amount of time I've got with my family is good. Uh, as long as I can still get my fresh air. Uh, Do you think it, your family feels the same way or is it debatable? Pretty, pretty much. My daughter misses being at school. But um, look, those those things are inconsequential next to the horrible things that are going on in the world. But yeah, there's well, elements of it. I feel, like, I feel like that joke really fell flat because I was really trying to make a joke about your family. <laughs> no one has spent time with you, but uh, oh, anyway. No. Anyway, here we are. Totally, we got totally there. Miss that. Totally missed that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so we're coming into we're in week four of the of the lockdown in New Zealand. Uh, hopefully, finding out on um, Monday the twentieth whether our, our lockdown at this level continues. But either way, what will continue is the Half Measures podcast. That's right. Whether we're at level three or level four, we're carrying on. Level three sounds quite exciting because it sounds like it's basically lockdown, but we can go and get. KFC and you know all our favorite takeaways. So that's that's uh, pretty exciting. I, those takeaway people are going to be so busy on the I'll on those first few mine. days. Oh, exactly. I feel like everyone is so sick of cooking, and I just the Uber Eats drivers. It's going to be a busy time. Yeah, it's going to be be some price surging. Things are going to be selling out. There'll be people people fighting. There'll be I can imagine the queues on the drive through. It's going to be awful. Yeah, oh, it's going to be outrageous, outrageous. Either way, we hope that you are well in your bubble wherever you are in the world. And you know, as we've been looking at the the stats of half measures, and and we we really are all around the world these days, which is it's pretty amazing to see. I'm I'm not quite sure how people are finding us in Germany and Spain and Denmark, wherever you may be. But welcome, welcome on board. Yeah, we have had quite a few new listeners come in uh, from different places, uh, which has been quite exciting to watch. Uh, new York, uh, so cracking cracking there is great. Uh, Chicago, Florida, uh, we've had people in Liverpool. Uh, it's, it's incredible. Right? Puerto Rico. Look, half measures is getting out there. This is the, the podcast that you, well, I guess that people listen to when they want to find out what to watch. Um I don't know why else I listen to it. That's probably the only reason. Maybe, maybe they enjoy our company in these quiet times. Yeah, I, I think people are coming to listen to our, our dulcet tones for sure. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. So, um, you know, as I guess um, history and uh, process dictates, Paul, what, what have you been watching of late? Well, we've had the Easter break, so we've, we've binged a lot of uh, Money Heist. So we've gone right through season one, season two, and now coming to the end of season three of Money Heist. And this is a show which has really grown on me more and more each week. Uh, I feel now 
it's I've spoken to before about how I've been hesitant about watching shows with 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 you know subtitles but it's uh, mm. if, if it's of this quality uh, I think I can see myself doing a lot more of it it's been really uh, I'm yeah I'm gonna be disappointed when we get to, to season four and it's over because you know when you start binging a show you, you just want it to keep going really high quality so that's been the main uh, TV show that we've been binging there's, no, there's nothing quite like finding a, a TV show which has three or four seasons um, that you that you haven't started. It's such a, a great feeling, particularly when you love it. Uh, it's, it's so hard to find something these days which you know you haven't heard or haven't started. Or yeah, so awesome, awesome find for you there. Even woke up early in the morning. We're both awake at like six a.m. and I was like, I wonder if we could just could we could we watch an episode before breakfast? I mean, that's just a new level. Of Have binging. you given you? your wife a, a nickname yet of uh, a country uh, that's a really good idea <laughs> look, look that's your homework paul uh yeah. next next episode i want to know um well in fact you know maybe maybe diana will will self-determine what her nickname is and i i want to hear one from you as well are you are you going to be uk are you going to be that's that very good doesn't it sounds too easy i think i should Quite definitely try and, uh, try and uh, imitate the the laugh of uh Oh, which character is it now? I wanted to say Rio. It's not Rio. It's um, Denver. Denver's laugh. Oh, Denver. Oh, yeah. Classic laugh. Yeah. So um, I really enjoy the the names like Helsinki and you know the, the, such great character names. Tokyo. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Really, really good. Great TV. So that's been fantastic. Uh, other than that, we've also been ticking along with the usual shows I talk about each week: Homeland, Better Call Saul. Uh, we've also um, watched a couple of movies. So we watched the final. Back to the Future movie, which um, uh, look, it wasn't as good as the first two, was it? Um, I don't no, think I've actually no. watched that movie since 1990, so uh, I can see why they didn't maybe make any more. But it was still, still great fun, and the kids loved it. So, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all I've been watching. What about yourself? Um, yeah, so I've watched um, I've, just just today actually. I've watched a movie. I've watched uh, Bad Boys for Life, which is obviously Bad yes. Boys Three. I don't know if you're a fan of the original Bad Boys One and Two movies. I know I love the first. I can't remember the second. Yeah, I, I feel like they were kind of the end of an era action movies. The you know like kind of the the diehard style, the, the over the top, um, almost like the Michael Bay style action, uh, big explosions, um, really sort of stylized, but you know completely over the top. And so Bad Boys Three has actually it's just come out early. Um, I think because of all the cinemas being closed down, but it was a a real, I had a real fun time watching it. It was a real like pop your brain in neutral. Like don't think too much about the plot, yeah. um, and just have a good time. It's it's got a few few laughs. It's got a few sort of callbacks to um, the first two movies. Um, look, definitely recommend it for a, a bit of fun, particularly if you have if you are a fan of Bad Boys One and Two. I think there's a there's a lot in here to enjoy. Will, Will um, Smith made even the worst movie. <coughs> Uh, he made that movie for Netflix. What was it? Bright, Bright, or something? Oh yeah, it, Bright. It, yep. was, it was an awful movie, but anything with with Will Smith in is is just great value. Yeah, well, and, and look, so Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, like they're such a a yeah, great yeah. A, a great combo, and particularly as um, two uh, Miami police detectives, definitely getting a bit a bit older and greyer, it makes for a very good time. Something we so. can relate to, right? Yeah, definitely. So, and I, I actually think there's there's more bad boys. I think coming out. I think they're thinking about doing a fourth movie. So, 
Yeah, okay. get in there. Um, and I've also been watching more Bosch. Um, made quite a big dent in Bosch. So halfway through season five at the moment. Really, really enjoying it. Um, I'm almost, like, I'm glad that season six comes out in the next week. Um, but I'm also a little bit sad that I've, I've kind of watched six seasons of a show where I've really come to love all these characters. Yep. Um, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with my time afterwards. It's one of those movies, like TV shows, where it's 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 kind of, you know, a little bit like it's character driven. It's, it's we've talked about this before. It's a little bit more slow pace, but it yeah. really when I was watching Bad Boys, it just really really emphasised how over the top it was. When you compare it to something like Bosch, which is quite <laughs> procedural and like you know sort of like yeah, yeah, all, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So, um, really enjoying enjoying Bosch. So, I guess here yeah, just a bit of a, a PSA for those people that uh, are fans. Season six out on the. 2020th, I believe. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, so definitely a good watch. And I've been um, also trying to get back up to date with Better Call Soul because I know that um, the last episode of Season 5 comes out next week, I believe. So I've been um, re-watching Season 4. And so I'm, I've got one more episode of Season 4 to go um, and then I'm, I'm into the new content. But we're really keen to do a, I guess, a bit of a season five in review here on Half Measures. Yes, please. Um, and so so I, I need to get up to date. I've got homework to do. Get it done. Honestly, season five is possibly my favourite season of the lot. And the, uh, no spoilers, but the last two episodes have been such quality. If you look on IMDb right now, the ratings for the last two episodes, and they've got a couple of thousand of votes, uh, are 9.8 and 9.9. So it gives you that sense of they're really really hitting all the right notes and um yeah i'm so glad we've still got another a sixth season and i think i need to work out what i'm going to do when there's no there's no breaking bad universe type show anywhere on the air they've got to make another show what else can they do we'll talk about this on yeah 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 look it's 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 you know i've heard you say a few times and actually and i think i've heard this other by other people as well that Better Call Soul might actually be a better show than Breaking Bad which is a, a pretty big statement but it, it's such quality and seeing all of these characters come together seeing actually more of the almost the Breaking, Board, Breaking Bad backstory is so rewarding so where I'm up to in season four at the moment without sort of going too spoilery for people that um, still want to watch Better Call Soul is uh, they're basically building the the lab um, under the um, big laundry yeah. warehouse, yeah. Um, that Mike Mike is managing um, all of those contractors. Um, Jimmy's just sort of been um, denied sort of becoming a lawyer again. Um, it's it's uh, the character the character Kim, just fantastic. I can't wait it's to see where. And I'm, I'm, and I'm sure you probably know. You might even know the answers to some of these things. But where some of these characters end up in season five. Well, we know, we know, you know, and this isn't really a spoiler, but we know that something must happen to her because she's not around when we see Saul in, in Breaking Bad. So something, you know, does, does she get killed? Does she just leave? Does, you know, what happens? There's got mm. to be something. There's got to be something. So, uh, mm. um, yeah, she's she's really good in season five as well. Uh, um, and look, they've just, um, the episode I've just uh, come from watching um, is where, 
Um, they've got Yule, obviously, in there, and they're trying to get him off some charges. And um, so well, Jimmy's basically got all these, like, cell phones, like, set up yep. to basically impersonate all these characters. It's just – it's so good. It's so it's, well planned, and he's he's such a scumbag, but he's such a lovable guy. Um, it's genius writing, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, Breaking Bad had those two exceptional leads, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul's the two leads, and – that's what makes it so hard to say, oh, is this show better? But I think as writers and as producers of the show, Peter Gould, Vince Gilligan have really, they've, they've matured, they've learned so much, they've they've perfected their recipe for success around making a good television show. So, uh, mm. yeah, it's, it's just it's just so good. Yeah, so those are probably the, so really continuing on with Better Call Soul, continuing on with Bosch, um, and I feel like with, with both, Season six coming out of Bosch and trying to get up to date for Vertical Soul. There's, I feel like I've got lots of watching on the go at the moment. That's good. The um the the comment you made before about Bosch and the binging and then sort of worrying at once. You know, you sort of you binge six seasons and then all of a sudden it's gone. Um, that's that's the dangers of binging. You know, it's like we we never used to have that. And I I'm you know I'm doing it as I said with Money Heist and I love it. But there is something about waiting a week like we have to do with the walking dead like we have to do with picard like we have to do with the mandalorian there's something about being forced to wait a week and one of my favorite podcasters norman Lau from mission log he talks about how he refuses to binge any tv show because he needs to be able to appreciate that episode and let it sort of marinate Articulate and yeah right right i, I Look, I hear what he's saying. I just have no discipline and I just can't wait to jump into another episode. But I I feel like sometimes, you know, I don't want shows that I'm watching to run out. And the only way to do that is to slow down the, the speed of we're, we're you know, watching it. Yeah, that's right. And I think we might have talked about this on the last episode, but, you know, if you had the ability to go and sort of like clear the cache in your mind so you could rewatch that's a show. Right. Yeah. How good would that be? And I, I particularly when you know it's so hard to find a good show that really hooks you in. I mean, look, and for me, like Bosch was one of those shows where, you know, for the best part of the first season, I was still sort of wondering, is this for me? And now it's a show I think about all the time. I think about the characters. I think about what's happening. I think about where it, where it could go next. It's got me interested in the books. Um, so it's 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 really good to find those find those watches which are a little bit more I guess obscure or um, not so mainstream because there's nothing worse when you you know if you've ever googled what should I watch and it gets a little bit tiring because you see the same recommendations all the time it's always Breaking Bad it's always Game of Thrones it's always Walking Dead it's all um, and and not that those aren't good shows but everyone knows about those shows so I really enjoy it when when you can find something that's a little bit off the beaten path. Exactly right. A little gem. Like, as you did the other day with uh, the detectorists, a little gem, a little, un, you know. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. A lot, I, I, I haven't taken that show off my um, Netflix uh, watch list because I feel like I want to go back and right. I really do need to track down season three uh, because I, I miss those guys. I need to know what they're up to. That's good. Such a great show. Um, <clears throat> so, Paul. You know, here on here on half half measures, we've got the we've got the world famous mailbag. You may have not heard of it before because we never referenced it. But here we are talking about the mailbag. So, you know, you can reach out to us on all sorts of platforms. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram. Even if you go to the anchor website, you can even leave us a, a voice message. But um, Paul, if we go to the mailbag today, what have we got? 
Well, let's have a look. I, uh, I actually had a memo come through from the social media manager who informs me that our Instagram posts that we put out for uh, TV shows that were cancelled too soon, so our last podcast, um, the post that we uh, we used for that, which was a, a photograph of two of the actresses from Caprica, that post not only got commented on, but one of the actresses, uh, Magda Apanowicz, um, I hope I've pronounced that correctly, she posted the, the photograph um, and, in fact, reposted all of our entire comments, including the link to our website, which was very good of her. Um, so she is uh, one of the lead actresses in that show. You may have seen her in Supernatural and Travelers. She was in uh, Continuum, The Mentalist. She most recently played uh, Joe's father in the uh, show You. Oh, and um, You, right. Um, so yeah, so she's done a she's done a few TV shows. She's done a few movies, The Butterfly Effect, um, and she yeah she posted our TV shows that have been cancelled too soon. She also came up with a couple of suggestions for us as well. Uh, uh, one of them was uh, Freaks and Geeks, and the other one was The Comeback, which I remember watching as a, a show starring Lisa Kudrow from Friends. So um, so yeah, that was great, um, and we got a whole bunch of conversations going on the socials with that. So uh, yeah. That's what's in the mailbag this week, so that's pretty good. Awesome. Just some celebrities, you know. But you too, if you're listening, feel free to get in touch. You know, we, we love hearing from the fans. You don't just have to be a celebrity to get in touch with us. I know we're, we're a pretty right. big deal, but... You don't have to have a blue verified tick on Instagram or Twitter. We'll still accept yeah. comments and suggestions. And look, I, I hear Paul um, and talking to our social media manager that we've actually opted to never go for the blue tick because we like to, you know, be with the people, um, you know, making make sure we're getting the, the real news. That's we, right. We don't, we don't want to be swayed, swayed by I'm the blue tick. I'm absolutely certain that the social media manager hasn't, in fact, spent many hours looking at how do you get verified. I'm sure he wouldn't have done that because that would be something that wouldn't be about our brand, right? Um, well, that, that's definitely not billable hours if he's been doing that. So, uh, we also just just quickly we also put a post out. Uh, I'll, I'll tell him it wasn't billable. Um, okay. We we also put a post out about uh, Better Call Saul um, following that fantastic episode, and um, Lewis Moncada, who plays one of the the two cousins. Uh, oh he, yes, yep. He, he came along and commented on that and also included some fantastic emojis, including uh, an axe and a couple of skulls, which, uh, yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. No, no, no spoilers as to what that might mean, but um, it's good to see you know, people getting involved all over the place. That must be so great to be um, to be an actor and have that sort of um, notoriety with a, a show like this and be able to use some some emojis after your comment and just have it mean so much. That's incredible. So good. What, a, what a time to be alive and be a celebrity, yeah. right? And Maybe we need some... Probably being stuck at home <laughs> means they've got way more yeah, time yeah. on social media. <laughs> That's right. Maybe we need some um, some half measures uh, emojis. You know, when people hashtag half measures podcast and it could automatically come up with an emoji. We'll, we'll speak, yes, to, yeah. speak to Twitter. Let's see, see if we can get, get that on the... Yeah. Uh, and the last uh, piece of... Uh, information in the mailbag so this is just switching across to to twitter um so we put a post out for our uh, 10 tv shows to get to know me and one of those shows was east ben and down and we had ken marino uh retweet us uh to 132,000 of his followers saying you know that the, the secret to success for that show was danny mcbride which of course i think we well Secrets i think we in the that. source yeah yeah so, amazing 
yeah, so he was he was really enjoyable actor to watch in in Eastbound and Down. Uh, he's also been in The State and uh, Wanderlust more recently. So yeah, that was great. So uh, I think that's everything this week. You know, it's a pretty pretty busy week. Pretty good, pretty good. Well, as you say, there's uh, a lot of people with uh, uh, a bit more extra time on their hands at the moment. So we'll have to strike all the irons up. That yeah. might definitely be something to do with it. <clears throat> indeed, indeed. So um, this week, Paul, we we thought. You know, what why don't we have a bit of a a bit of a, a deep dive into our past? I think I might have said deep dive one too many times on this um podcast already, so mm-hmm. don't let me say it again. You get a warning. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Um we're gonna do a bit of a, a a look back, um, a bit of a a jog down memory lane around some of our I guess our favorite cartoon um, shows when we were growing up, and so Paul and I are, like you of a of a similar age ilk, okay. shall I say? So um, it'll be interesting to see um, how our some of our our more favourite um, animated slash cartoon shows, like particularly yourself growing up in the UK, yourself growing up in New Zealand, whether they're um, similar or different. But yeah, let's let's go for a bit of a a jog into the past and see well, what did a young Paul Canal watch? It's a real Turns worry. on the TV. It's black yeah. and white. There's one channel. Is, it, is there even a TV? <laughs> it's one channel. Um, firstly, yes, it was black and white uh, to start with, but only for a couple of years. Uh, there was three channels at, at this point. Um, spoiler alert, there are no British animated shows, uh, Brit- uh, no cartoons from, from the UK in my list i've just i've gone through and uh yeah i i'm struggling to think now what what i may have watched as a child uh that was animated oh i guess i watched the mr men that didn't quite make it into the into right, the right. um a really good show um so first up on my list uh this is gonna you know start to show a little bit of age but it's from 1967 uh, is Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man with the classic music opening theme soundtrack that we all know and love. Um, so I love that show and I loved all of the iterations that followed. So we had Spider-Man and, and his amazing friends, Iceman mm. and Fire, Firefly, I think it was. Uh, was it Firefly? Firegirl? I don't know, something like that. Um, but what, what's really interesting for me about Spider-Man as a cartoon is when I think about you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about Batman and Superman. Those are things I think of in terms of TV shows or movies. They're real live action. With Spider-Man, the all of those versions, whenever I think of Spider-Man, I think of him as a cartoon because I grew up with that classic cartoon. And it was only really recently that we had those Spider-Man movies come out and suddenly seeing it as live action seemed a bit, bit crazy and it almost didn't feel real it felt like spider-man existed as a comic book character or as as a cartoon and of course if you haven't seen the cartoon before you've probably seen some of the spider-man memes uh from the cartoon series that um go around the internet so yeah so that's that's my first uh first cartoon series i think my um my first um i guess exposure to spider-man probably was uh during a show called the electric company um, and I can't quite remember what the show was about, but it, it used to have, um, it would randomly have Spider-Man on it. And sometimes it, I, 
I feel like it might have been live action and probably it definitely would have been terrible. Um, yeah. And I and I don't know whether did it flick between that and the animated. I'm not too sure. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean. That, that original Spider-Man, if nothing else, pure quality memes that they're red hot. So. They are every time. You can't, I think the most famous one is the one where there's the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. Yeah, you know, sort of, yeah. Who's, I, no, you're not me. I'm me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting sort of like uh, looking back at some of these TV shows and I think um, what what I actually remember more about them is the, the scenario and how I watched it as opposed to necessarily a lot of detail about what yeah. happened in there or any sort of like key, key moments. Um, but a, a TV show or an animated TV show that really stood out for me is um, X-Men, the animated series. So this is a, this is a five-season show. And this was, um, it was actually 1992 to 1997, so um, a little bit, this is sort of a slightly older older Daniel Whiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was, what was always weird for me about the X-Men is it played on Saturday mornings in New Zealand and it played while well, What Now was on. So What Now was sort of a kids TV show. I don't know if it's still a thing. I don't know. Either way, it would always randomly be on. I've never heard of it. <laughs> You've never what, heard of it. What, what Now. Great name for a TV show. Yeah. So it would basically it would be randomly on on a Saturday morning. And but you like as a kid, I never had any idea about what time of the morning it was gonna be on. And it would be infuriating because like your parents might want to go out, you might have like Saturday morning sport on, and just by chance you might turn on the TV and X Men are on and it would be incredible. Amazing. Um <clears throat> The great thing about X-Men now is that they've actually got all five seasons on Disney Plus, which is pretty cool. Um, great. So in the first, at least, I think it's the first three seasons, um, I actually, like, they're pretty good quality. And if you're if you're an X-Men fan, which I, I know you are, Paul, there's actually some, some quite good storylines in there. Um, in seasons four and five, it actually, I believe they outsource the animation. It might, it might even be to the Philippines. Um, and the whole sort of style and, and tone of it kind of changes a little bit. But it's a it's a show which I have lots of sort of fond memories about. It's where I was sort of first exposed to Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Gambit. So That's interesting because I, you know, last podcast we talked about the movies uh, that's disappointed me. And one of them was X-Men uh, Dark Phoenix. Oh, and Dark I, Phoenix, I, yeah. You know, I... I grew up not knowing what the X-Men were. I never saw them. And the first I heard of them was the Patrick Stewart, Hugh, Hugh Jackman movie, the very first X-Men movie. So I think it would be great for me to go back and do a bit of a history lesson on some of these cartoons. And if they're on Disney+, Plus, then that's going to be really easy to do. And look, your, um, your, your kids actually might quite enjoy them. They're, um, um, I've actually I've been meaning to watch them for a while now. They're, I think they're... Like they're, they're obviously a little bit dated because they're sort of eighties, nineties animation, but they're they're still a fun time, and and people still still rate them quite highly on the internet as a as a good X Men story. Good, good. Well, one of one of the shows that my my kids definitely do like um, is, uh, and we're not doing these in any order. We're just talking as as they come. We're just right? re- yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, is the Transformers? So the very first generation G one, nineteen eighty four. The classic Prime Megatron series. This is a show that, in lockdown, 
my daughter and I, uh, for some reason, my son's never got into it. Like my son's got into Star Wars and football and Lego and all the things like that, but he'd never got into Transformers. And yet my daughter is obsessed. And I mean, 100% obsessed with Transformers. She's constantly playing with my Transformer toys. And we try and watch an episode of the original. We're halfway through season one at the moment, each morning with breakfast whilst we're in lockdown. So it's still as much as it was for me, a show back in the day when we were kids, as it is now. And what you just said about X-Men, not ever knowing when it would be on. We had a show in the UK called uh, Whack-A-Day with the WAC uh, standing for Wide Awake Club. And it would be just a, a kid's TV show where they'd be doing crazy things. And every sort of randomly, every 20 to 30 minutes, they'd, they'd go away and they'd show you a segment, not the whole cartoon, just a segment of it. And so you had to watch the full two hours of Whack-A-Day to be able to watch that whole episode of Transformers. And so I'd try and record it on video. And press Whack-A-Day. Forward. Yeah, Whack-A-Day. Oh, We've got that. what now? You've got Whack-A-Day. Yeah, I don't know which is worse, but uh, yeah. look, that show combined obviously with the toy line which came with it is probably so uh, so defining in my childhood as a as part of the the cartoons I enjoyed, and it's just a uh, it's just tremendous. Oh, I so Transformers is a is a show that is that on my list as well such a i have so many fond memories about um transformers i don't um and when i say transformers i'm, I'm g1 transformers and the and there's what four seasons of that show and there's the there's the movie five seasons of the show um and you know that really tragic um childhood disturbing moment too, too soon too soon you're going to talk about prime i'm going to uh, is it, is spoilers it's not it's like what when was that 1988 i don't know how we're going to cope with the death of prime when when my daughter gets to watching that yeah that's going to be hard i think that um yes yeah, so I, I don't really remember how i watched it but i like in terms of as a tv show but i do rem, i do have memories of going to the video store with my mum and and hiring out um Transformers, and I'm not sure whether it was movies or the TV show, uh, but absolutely loved it. Always used to um, play as Transformers with my friends, used to get yep. the toys. Um, you might have heard me tell this story before. One of my favorite characters growing up was Soundwave. Mm -hmm. And um, when we used to play Transformers as kids, um, I would always, I'm going to be Soundwave, and then I would, I would basically screw myself up and do a ball on the ground and Amazing. say, I'm a tape deck. I'm a tape Amazing. deck. <laughs> so good. So good. Just I I have nothing that compares to that whatsoever. Um, I used to go around to friends' houses, and I'd love going to different friends who had different Transformers to the ones that I had. Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing like going to someone else's house and finding that they had like oh, a Megatron. Yeah. If you didn't have a Megatron or, or whatever it was, um, and so yeah, that whole time with the toys was just amazing. I always right? feel like I, I had the weird ones. Like I never had like many of the mainstream, like I never had an Optimus Prime. Um, I, I never even had a Soundwave, despite him being my, my favourite character. So it's probably some form of child neglect. Thankfully that was all remedied when I became an adult and had my own money. But um, <laughs> You got given one special. Yeah, yeah, like, and I always remember getting like, like, uh, from grandparents, like the they were kind of the small ones that, like, there was one that I'm gonna, yep. I'm gonna put myself to Transformers shame here, the one that turns into a hovercraft, beachcomber, um, beachcomber, the one that turns and there's like a, it's like a little red plane, um, 
I can really vividly remember like turning around the nose of the plane and his face is on the other side of it. Um, and I also had a my, – probably my best transformer was a fire engine. Um, Inferno. Inferno. Inferno, yeah. And that was because my dad was a fireman, so I presume that was the connection that my, my parents were making there. But I, I'm with you. Like going to somebody's house or someone had at school um, – particularly sound wave they had, um, laser beak or something, I'd just be losing it. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd be that kid's best friend for the day. Yeah. And look, just quickly, I don't want to spend too long on Transformers, but when they brought out the movies, the 2007 movie, and then the three sequels or four sequels, if you can't, Bumblebee, look, overall, I don't think those movies are great at all. Not at all. The first one, I think, actually was decent. But having Peter Cullen come in as the voice of Prime, the voice that we grew up with watching the original Transformers series, having that same voice instantly gave it credibility and instantly made it feel more real, for want of a better word. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, I, I agree with you. I think um, the Transformers that I want to see is purely based on on that on on G one style Transformers, um, and I think you know as a as a kid growing up in the eighties, it was it was so mind bending. Of these, there were robots and there were cars, and you know no one knew what they were. And I just think in the, in the mo- in the modern day Transformer movies, it was just too many. It was too much metal, too much. They were they were too robotic for my liking. It, it never just sort of hooked me in. I, like, I enjoyed the first movie, but I I don't love it like I love G one Transformers. No, agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um. So a show that I've got on my list, and I guess a, a a sort of a similar way to um. Transformers is He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Nice, it's on so, my list as well. So another, another <clears throat> So yeah, so um, I think the if, we, if if you've ever watched um on Netflix the Toys That Made Us documentary, yes. they talk a lot about um. There's an episode about Masters of the Universe, mm-hmm. and what's interesting about that show is this is a, a toy line where they they made a TV series purely to to promote the toys and. Um, but the, the actual TV um, episodes are terrible. Um, like when you go back and look at them now, like they're, right. they're, they're, they're pretty poorly produced. There's not much story going on. But and he they have man, those horrific morals at the end of each episode as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, And there's only, I think, uh, two seasons of, of He-Man. Uh, right. But this was – He-Man hit when I was, I guess, just starting school. And I remember getting um, – he-Man and Battle Cat as toys as a kid. And I took He-Man to school one day <clears throat> and I lost his battle axe and I was devastated. Like when I say devastated, I mean the teacher's saying, Daniel, come and join the class. And I'm like, nah, nah. And I refused to join the class. And um, she's like, you know, reading me the riot act. And I'm like, I've lost He-Man's battle axe. And we had the whole class looking for it. We got it back eventually, but oh, you found it. Oh, just, we found it. Thank God. Thank, you thank may, goodness. You may, you may be a different person today if that battle axe yeah. is And that, that was when, you know, my, <laughs> probably my a core defiant moment of my childhood. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah. I know, no, no, I know what to buy you for your birthday. You know, whenever that next comes up, you know, is a yeah. I had a um, 
<clears throat> I had a friend uh, from the UK actually, and um, so it's a weird side story. But his um, his parents got divorced, and he had grandparents that came out from the UK. And I felt like he always had um, all these great toys. And my parents would always say it's because his parents are divorced, and <laughs> and I was so, I was so jealous. But he one of the <laughs> one of the one of the, he had Castle Grayskull and there was nothing better than going around to his house, getting that all our um He Man Masters of the Universe figures and actually using Castle Grayskull. It had like the the door that opened up, it had traps yeah. in it and my memory of it is this um crazy huge playset, which I'm I think I've Googled it before and it's actually it's pretty basic. But in it's my mind really tiny, but at the time it seemed massive. Oh, it's it's elaborate. Yeah. Um, they also had, you know, the, 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 I suppose you call it a spin-off, you know, She-Ra. And it was, what was obvious about it was obviously they were obviously going to, to target girls. And then they didn't even really sort of branch out too far. You know, she had a horse, you know, she, yeah, that's right. she put her sword above her head. And it, you know, um, I, yeah, but He-Man also on my list, really, really good. I always wanted Snake Mountain, uh, Skeletor kind of terrified me as a kid and now mm-hmm. now when you watch it it's it's hilarious um just how unscary he he really was i loved all the characters man at arms um but yeah just a, a great classic 80s cartoon and i can't believe there's only two seasons so that's interesting to learn I uh, they've sort of there's a bit of a resurgence of um, um, masses of the universe toys sort of in that original format that they were made in as well. And every now and again, I sort of find my find myself hovering over the add to cart button, uh, but I'm, I, I keep pushing back. I'm like, I, I don't need these in my life. I just keep it in the past. It's where those memories probably should belong. Yeah. But yeah, so so many like the. <laughs> The reason for liking it is purely because I think I just enjoy the toy line. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the TV show was definitely a, a real big influence on my – I feel like when I was sort of around that five to six years yeah. age group. Okay. Yeah. What else for you, Paul? Um, so I'm going to revert to type here, which is a bit disappointing, but it's got to be on the list. So this is from 1973, and it is Star Trek, the animated series. And – what I'll say about this show briefly, because I talk about Trek too often. What I what I loved about this show. I feel is... like you talk about Star Trek every episode of Half Measures. Like on an episode when I think there's no way we're going to be talking about Star Trek. <laughs> sure enough. I'm sure so enough. glad. I'm so glad that there's not a Fast and Furious cartoon animated series, so that we don't have to talk about that. But they did make a Star Trek series that was animated, and the reason why it was so awesome uh, was because they had the original cast. So they had. The original Kirk, Spock, Scotty, Sulu, Uhura. They had all of the main cast return from William Shatner all the way through, with the exception of Mr. Chekhov. For some reason, Walter Koenig did not want to return for the animated show. But yeah, that that animated show enabled them to do things that they couldn't do in the live action show because, of course, budget limitations, but you can draw whatever you want. And so they were actually able to do some pretty crazy, and there were some pretty wacky movies, uh, sorry, wacky stories, to be honest. But um, I think the fact that it was the original cast just made it feel like it was a continuation, it was real. And I believe, I believe it is considered canon as well, which is pretty crazy because there were some, there's episodes where, you know, just all kinds of 
unbelievable things happen. But as a kid growing up watching a Star Trek animated show, that's all I'll say about it. It's on the list. I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, um, I just want to put out a, a slight correction there, Paul. Um, oh. Because there, there actually is a, a Fast and the Furious um, oh. animated TV show. And it came out in 2019, and it's called Fast and the Furious Spy Races. Um, it's only got a 5.3 on IMDb. But, oh, you know, the, the first episode is called Born a Toretto. That's amazing. I, I'm already interested. Apparently, it's on Netflix. I've uh, oh. I've never seen it, but uh, just like oh. Star Trek, Fast and the Furious will never die. I'm I'm, all, I'm already worried about next time I ask you on another podcast. What have you been watching this week? I already know. I've just I've, I've dug my own grave. This is the worst. This is the worst. You'll be like, how are we, how are we going for that uh, wrap up of Biblical Soul? And I'll be like, look, this is an episode dedicated to Fast and the Furious. Incredible. Um, okay. Spy races. Let's, let's pass back to you. <clears throat> okay, so this is a, an, another TV show which is in a similar vein to Transformers for me, and it's G.I. Joe. Okay. So um, I actually um, found out when I was doing a little bit of a little bit of light half measures research into you know when G.I. Joe actually aired and when it came out, um, and they actually called it something different in the UK. They called it Action Force. Correct. That's so. How that's how I know it. Yeah, so so GI Joe basically uh, similar to um, uh, I guess Transformers. I'm not sure how I ever watched this. Like I, I, again, I kind of have memories of watching like videos from the video store. Um, I remember having a lot of GI Joe action figures. Um, I remember me and my cousins used to have lots of different vehicles and um, figures that we'd play with. I really mm -hmm. loved like the ninjas, like Snake Eyes, um, and God, I can't think of it. Can't think of the other guy, Shadow something. Anyway, but a whole bunch of like great characters with great names, and I think another TV show where the action figures really kind of like hooked me in. They had these little um uh, almost like ID cards on the back which you could actually chop out from the pad from the from the packet and it'll tell you like who the character was, their stats, their you right. know, their their details and <clears throat> but real fond memories of G.I. Joe. I I remember seeing Action Force. I never got into it. Um I watched the G.I. Joe movies. Uh they were okay. But yeah, I it seemed it's one of those things that passed me passed me by. Um, I think for me it was it was the I was for some reason as a kid like and I think again we talked about this on half measures something about that sort of whole military thing really just like hooked me in when I was mm. young and I, and I just I just loved any of that type of um, action and that sort of like that whole sort of army component to it. Nice, well, I enjoyed it. I didn't get into Action Force, but I did get into G-Force, and G-Force were a team of superheroes in Battle of the Planets, which was a 1978 uh, animated TV show. How old are you, Paul? I, look, <laughs> all I can say is I'm not old enough to have watched this in 1978. However, okay, okay, a lot okay. of the TV shows that were airing, and look, there's worse to come on this list. Um, okay were what was airing on tv back in the day in the uk um it was all of these these kinds of shows and um yeah battle of the planets i don't know if you've ever seen that but one of the first I've never heard of it. oh just go like what i did as part of the research for this podcast was sort of just 
Google TV uh, cartoons and just I got lost on YouTube watching episodes and intro, intro credits and just hearing all the theme tunes was a really great moment just reliving it all and Battle of the Planets I think is a standout for opening credits just really great um, look I'm not going to talk too much about it but a, a really entertaining TV show and I thought that they based some of the characters in that on R2-D2 so there's a there's a character a robot character uh, called um, Seven Zach Seven, um, and I'm just looking now, and I think some of the writing of the show was actually before Star Wars. So, who knows who copied who? But um, yeah, Battle of the Planets, a great action TV uh, cartoon for kids, fantastic. I guess that's the, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Like compared to the the youth of today, quite a different view and experience for us. Like so, what you turned on the TV, um, and whatever was on is what you were watching like it's not like you really sort of picked and choose what you were going to watch or you know what you were kind of like i guess is really what you're exposed to it's not like you've got netflix available to it's not like you've got youtube you've got no like in fact you know i remember as a as a kid having no idea really about like what season we're up to what episode is this when will it end you know, you can't, you can't check the net to see what you know what, what's next. Ah. Why, why have they cancelled the show? You know, we've talked about that before. So I'll sell Battle of the Planets to you just based on the storyline from IMDb. Zolta and his evil minions constantly attempt to either destroy or conquer the planet Earth. His efforts in this regard are constantly battled by G-Force, a group of five teenagers with high-tech vehicles, weapons, and a thing for bird-like costumes. It's a must. <laughs> but, bird-like costumes. Yeah, I love it's, it. It's love better it. than it sounds. So um, I guess speaking of bird-like costumes, um, another um, fond TV show um, on my list is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So um, again, little little side story about my experience watching this. So um, growing up in New Zealand, we only had two TV channels, TV1 and TV2. And when TV3 got rolled out, it slowly got rolled out around the country. And... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was on Channel 3. And I remember when TV3 finally came to New Zealand, sorry, finally came to uh, Napier, which is where I, where I live, and being so excited to finally be able to watch this much kind of hyped and talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, again, got into the toys, used to love, like, being a ninja. I remember trying to record the the opening theme song of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on a tape deck and getting everyone in my family have a copy. Please tell me you still have a copy. Everyone in my family like, shh, shh, I'm about to hit play. And then um I was about to hit record, I hit record and then my sister comes around and then being like, oh, like saying something and it's like, you've ruined it. Now I've got to yeah. do this all over again next week. You know, like <laughs> amazing. Terrible time, but there's you know there's there's many since you know the the when did this first come out? Uh, Nineteen eighty-seven uh, Ninja Turtles. There's this looks like on INDB. There's there's ten seasons of it, but there's also heaps of different variations, and they've they've redone Ninja Turtles many times. Um, and it, it was obviously a a very sort of child friendly. Um, version, but it's as an adult, it's actually got me into reading the the graphic novels, and like they're really good. They're, you know, uh, a great read as an adult. Much sort of darker, darker stories than what right. was on TV. But yeah, such such great memories. Turtles, pizza, April O'Neil, 
what more could you want in life? <laughs> it's it, it taught, it, yeah, it taught me who the uh, famous artists were, you know. <laughs> That's right. I, I learned those names through watching this show rather than knowing who they were, uh, which is which is awful, isn't it? Um, what was his name? The one in the the guy down in the sewer, the the leader or the trainer? Spl- Splinter. Splinter. That's right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Just, amazing show um and i haven't got around to watching the more recent movies but i yeah i didn't get into it heavily but one piece of advice for you if you could go back in time rather than maybe pretending to be sound wave maybe curling up into a ball might have been more realistic if you sort of said that you were a turtle i actually um on on the note of turtles really enjoyed the the first live action Ninja Turtles movie they made um, where people are obviously dressed in Ninja Turtle suits. But I have such fond memories of those movies that I, it's, it's been on my list actually for a long time to, to sit back down and rewatch them. And I know they're going to be cringy terrible, but I just, I, I love the Ninja Turtles so much. Um, I still, still collect those Ninja Turtle toys to this day. Um, I think they're so cool. Such, such a, a great um, throwback. Quite, quite iconic. Quite iconic. So uh... yeah, yeah. That I, yeah, I, I think like yeah, I found the the new movies hard to hard to kind of like click into. I didn't like the style of the of the turtles. Um, it didn't quite. There, there's something sort of weird about. It, I think you know you can do the movies kind of like a little bit corny and a little bit funny, mm-hmm. but then when it goes a little bit too like they're trying to be a bit real life and it just doesn't quite work. That's kind of where those new movies sit for me. Yep. Yeah, no, like I, I, I think that's very true of a lot of the modern movies. Um, it's not the same, is it? It's not the same. Um, so you've tried to call out how old I am and how old some of my shows are. So here's another old one from 1968, um, and this is uh, Wacky Races. Um, or, wow, that's old. If you prefer, I also will, will accept uh, Dastardly and Muttley in their flying machines, which was also amazing affectionately known as catch the pigeon or stop the pigeon look i love those two characters um and i love the races so this is a cartoon about a bunch of crazy types of cars there was one called the ant hill mob which was basically uh, a a bunch of gangsters in like a a station wagon uh peter perfect there's penelope pit stop uh, it's probably one of the more famous ones uh, bulletproof bomb sergeant blast and private meekly all these great characters just racing around crazy tracks and of course dick dastley and, and muttley never won one of the things i loved as a kid trying to work out was who had won how many races and i tried to work out who would be the champion and of course it was impossible to do that and what i discovered today looking on wikipedia when i was researching the show is they've someone has put the race results in order so they can actually see over over those sort of i think it was only like <laughs> 17, 17 episodes uh who came out on top and it was the slag brothers so finally we've got an answer to that question which has <laughs> troubled me for I, the, I, years. I remember watching that uh that tv show um and when you think about it on paper a show called the wacky race is basically about a series of car races basically taking place yeah. how did they write the script for this tv show like i, I <laughs> but yeah. I, yeah i've got fond memories of it too barbara two geniuses uh they came up quite a lot in my research for tv shows of that i enjoyed back in the day but um yeah those i think it was the main appeal was those characters of dastardly and muttley hence why yeah i also yeah. love the, the catch the pigeon stop the pigeon show as well i just thought 
Anyway, I haven't got too much to say about it, but that's on the list. I uh, didn't they have like a, a great um, sort of voiceover intro each time that show started as well about like yeah correct yeah I can't tell you much more about it but yeah he is being played by Jason Isaacs uh, from Harry Potter World uh, he's he's playing the character in the new uh, Scooby Doo movie um, Dick Dastardly is the main villain in that so Dastardly is coming back so I'll look forward to that. Amazing, amazing. Um, okay, so the the next TV show um, on my list is I'm going to go for something a little bit uh, a little bit goofy, a little bit corny. Is the Snorks? Do you remember them? I remember the name. I can't tell you. I remember the show. So this is the description in IMDb. The Snorks are a playful, multicolored underwater creature that use their built-in snorkels to dart about and make music. So. These were kind of um, made up under the sea creatures that had these kind of like snorkel type um, headpieces. And again, it's a it's a show that was on when I was around sort of five or six years old. And it, it felt like a TV show that was on all the time. Had a whole bunch of sort of um, mainstay characters all the time with all these great names like um, All-Star Seaworthy, um, Junior Whitworth, Mrs. Seaworthy, Casey Kelp. Like it's <clears throat> great names. Yeah. So a show I I have no idea what it was about, basically about these little animals called snorks living under under the sea. I remember there being a, a really great um intro sort of music. But most importantly, I remember when you'd go to the dairy, you could buy these little, I don't know, one or two cent bubble gums and they'd have a they'd have a snork um rub on tattoo in them and you could we'd often you know, put them on your arm and then you better watch the snorks. It was a full immersive experience. The the insights I'm getting into your childhood are forming a really clear picture now. So yeah. uh, add the snorks into that mix. I've just, I've looked at the pictures online as you talked about it, and yeah, definitely never made it onto my watch list at any point. But uh, maybe I'll add it to the list now. No, look, I, I don't I don't think it's a rewatch. No, okay. At all, but I not on the tattoos. <laughs> so yeah, not something that was that was ever. Around in your in your time? No, it looks like I guess, all the, I, old shows around. Yeah, eighty four. I guess too, because who knows what was playing in New Zealand versus the UK? Like we were probably getting shows several years after the rest of the world back in those days. Quite possibly, quite possibly. The uh, um, one show that I know you would have been watching because it was playing in the eighties and it's still playing now. Six hundred and eighty four episodes of it. Is the Simpsons, and that's uh, that's made it onto my list because it was something I watched. It was you know it was in the eighties. It was just you know as a, as a kid, and I haven't watched it as much in what feels like the last fifteen to twenty years. But the first ten years, I watched you know almost religiously. Like you you knew it was going to be a new episode on BBC Two, six o'clock on a Thursday. You'd watch it, um, and at its time, at its peak. I can't talk about the later seasons, but at its peak, that sort of whole relationship between those the Simpsons family, Homer, but in particular, I'm thinking our kids would probably enjoy it because you know they're loving pranking each other, and that seems to be sort of part of what Bart does as, as his role. Yeah, a great show. You know, I feel like it has to be in my list. Yeah, no, look, I, it's, it's definitely in my list as well. It's a another show that was sort of a foundation, foundational sort of pillar of growing up. So I remember it was maybe sort of around when I sort of 
start of intermediate maybe when the simpsons came to new zealand um and yeah much like you it was a some a show that you'd watch once a week religiously i think it was on a friday night here um it was a real big deal when it first came out in new zealand um and one of the things i remember is i was allowed to watch it with my mum and my auntie and then they decided whether my sister could watch it the next day um and so and i I felt so privileged because i was sort of part of that part of that panel being like oh yeah i think it'll be okay i think it'll be okay and the first episode that we that we ever ever watched was the babysitter bandit oh wow that's ringing a bell. This is all on Disney but, Plus. Can I, can I search for it by episode name? Because there's certain yeah, episodes- uh, yeah. I, I presume so. I, I actually, I went into Disney Plus when it first came out here, and to my surprise and shock horror, the Babysitter Bandit wasn't the first episode, and so it's it's kind of really blowing my my Simpsons no, world apart. But it's a first episode it's is a, very. Yeah. In terms of the, yeah. The animation quality. Do you remember how they first looked? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. But I always thought, and I don't know what, again, who, who knows with New Zealand, but I, I always thought our first episode was The Babysitter Bandit, but obviously not. And, I, you know, Simpsons is one of those shows which I think, um, I think the first 10 or so years is, is, was really sort of the, yeah. the heyday of The Simpsons. And I, I think it's, I've become a bit more of a, a casual watcher now. I think back in the days of um, Sky, when, you know, you might flick on Cartoon Network or something, or um, you might randomly watch an episode, but it's, yeah. Well, we've got 684 episodes sitting on Disney Plus now, so something else for lockdown, I guess. <laughs> yeah, time for to, a rainy day. Time to catch rainy up. Rainy day. All right, so I'll give you, uh, what, maybe one one more show from my 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 childhood nice so um i'm gonna go with uh batman the animated series it's so it's on your list yeah so this was um this would be from 1992 to 1995 so mm-hmm. four four seasons um it's got you know you and i've had many conversations about our our favorite batmans and our favorite jokers um and it it, it has all of those in there such a I think a, a dark, edgy cartoon for its time. And um, I think that they've done a bit of work on it over the years to kind of like improve the, the fidelity or the quality of it. And it looks really good now. Um, but it's a, when I think Batman and I think Gotham, this is one of those those cartoons that really kind of like sticks in my mind. Yeah. It's the same for me. And I remember it being such high quality animation. It felt like at the time, it felt like, they'd really pushed the boat out compared to a lot of the other cartoons I was watching. But maybe that was because a lot of the cartoons I was watching for, for the 60s and 70s. But um, the Batman animation quality was good. Like you said, it was a bit dark. And the thing that, again, made it feel more real, made it feel more canon, is because it had the team, the Tim Burton music as the in those mm, open. Of play. course. And so it felt very authentic to to what I had you know, fallen in love with, with those, those first two Batman movies. So, yeah, a great, great choice. The other thing with the uh, with the Batman animated series is rather than rather than it being like a Saturday morning cartoon or or randomly on for me, 
the Batman animated series was always on after school. So basically, as soon as you get home, um, you'd be you'd be grabbing a snack, and normally at about four o'clock, this would be coming on TV, right. and it would be a a great show to watch before you're getting told to do your homework or you've know, got to start helping with dinner or whatever you may be doing. But it was a, always a great after school watch, and always sort of a a topic of conversation the next day at school as well. Yeah. My final entry, and I had quite a few on the list that didn't make it. There was some fringe shows uh, from Thundercats through to Danger Mouse through to Godzilla um, that didn't quite make it. In the end, it came into two. It was either going to be Popeye or the Pink Panther, and it was the Pink Panther. The, the Pink Panther for me was a TV show. And this is like 1969, but because the Panther never spoke, if you were to say to me, would my kids watch a show now where the the lead character in this cartoon doesn't speak? I'm not sure if they would get into it, but I loved that whole concept of the Panther just never talking and you just being able to interpret everything that was happening, the classic theme music, um, and also the sort of the spin-off characters, the was it Inspector Clouseau, I've forgotten the name, the Inspector, but the French detective. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. 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 Um, I just adored that show and um, would never tire of watching it and just um yeah it didn't matter what happened it was just always entertaining so yeah <clears throat> it's a, another another old one i i feel like the and i think when you start talking about uh, these old sort of animated cartoon shows there is just so many isn't there that uh, bring back such fond memories and you touched on uh, thundercats before as well yeah. another another great slash another great show but a show that is often like i think if you go and watch some YouTube videos, they're actually best kept in your memory for the best Correct. part. Yeah. And it's really translate translate well into um into some modern day watching. Because I, I could just go on. Like there's some like Voltron. Um I don't know if you've yep. ever watched that. Oh, just just so so many good shows. The GoBots, which was like a cheap Transformers ripoff. Um that, Amazing. that, had, a, that had a TV show, but um the uh, the Pink Panther I did love so much that I bought the DVD. So I'm actually now thinking, I'm looking at it in my garage, thinking it's going to be somewhere in a box. Maybe I should go and get that DVD, bring it in, see if the kids will watch it, put it to the test. It'll be an interesting experiment, see mm. whether it, how it translates. Well, that was a, a blast from the past, um, Paul. I, I too have learned a lot more about you, a lot more. Um, it's good to know that there's a, a Star Trek at any point in your life there That's for right. you. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way through to now. So, yeah, there's always a Star Trek there. Um, but if we, have, if we have missed anything on the list, which, of course, I'm sure we have, it would be great for someone to to write in and let us know what should have gone to mention because there was a lot of good cartoons around, right? Definitely. Uh, yeah, if you've got something that you watched as a as a youngin, be sure to let us know. We'd love to hear about it. Um as you know, we love nothing more than talking about great things to watch, both current and, and old. And you know, just for a change of pace, you could you could reach out to us at um, Half Measures um, Pod on Twitter. Have I got that right? Correct. Good, good, good. I, I doubted myself for a moment there. I wish yeah, the social media manager pod. was here just to, to hear this. He'd be impressed. Well, when the social media manager reviews the episode, um, he's doing a good job. We'll yeah, shout yeah. out to him. Let's just make sure it goes through to the end. Um, yeah, look, get in touch with us. Um, I think next week we'll probably be um, talking about Better Call Soul potentially. Mm. I guess that really depends on me, doesn't it? Yeah, you need to. You got you got some work 
ahead of you. So if you want to talk about medical saw, you've got to get through those episodes. And we'll I, have, I think we'll it's have Bosch as well. Don't forget. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they're probably separate episodes. I think, but yeah, there is Bosch as well. I, I think I should be able to do medical saw. Good. I'll, I'll Good. comment. I'll comment to the listeners. No half measures on this one. You're not going anywhere on the weekend, so you know you have plenty of chance. Yeah. Oh, don't remind me. Don't remind me. All right then. It's been a a, a pleasure catching up with you, Paul. As Great always. to hear about your your childhood memories. And um, I guess we'll see you all next week. And as I say, be sure to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. But uh, keep it real. Adios. Thanks for listening and take care.